upon sacred burial ground of the First Nation, with walls that house hidden satanic secrets, as well as the residual energy of 998 violent murders. When it comes to paranormal legend and lore, the West Virginia State Penitentiary has no equal. Hello? There are footsteps in this room right now. It's been a decade since I last investigated this massive prison with haunted grounds that stretch a quarter mile long. But on November 20th, for one night only, I'm returning to host a very special event in which only 20 total tickets are being offered to join me for an overnight investigation of the legendary West Virginia State Penitentiary. I saw it. I mean, I, I'm shaking. It changes the way you think, bro. Oh, no, it does. Yeah. Definitely. And that's what typically screws with your head. Tickets are on sale now. To get yours while they last, visit www.aghtelevision.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chad Kalick here, and welcome back to the In a Crowded Room podcast. I am back, my friends. It has been a minute, indeed. And we have a ton to discuss here right away, and then we are going to get into the subject matter of today's podcast, which I promise you this is going to be eye-opening But first thing is first, I am incredibly stoked on November 20th, for the first time in a decade, to be returning to the West Virginia State Penitentiary for one night only, November 20th, and overnight at the historic, legendary haunted prison in which I was the first person to ever be shown the Warden's Tower pentagram. I will never forget that day. Uh, God, I'm already in the story time, guys. See, I already want to tell the story. I'll come back and tell it later. But uh, to make a long story short, I was hanging out with Paul Kirby. Rest in peace, Paul. Uh, someone who grew to become a, a legitimate friend of mine. And Paul was a warden there. And, uh, you know, he talked to me about his very first day on the job. He held a man who was stabbed in the throat with a knife. And Paul actually held him held him and stared in his eyes as the life slowly, slowly crept out of his body. Yeah, Paul was a hell of a storyteller too, but uh, he was having a cigarette and he looked at me and he said, you want to see some scary shit? (laughs) I said, Paul, I do. And that's when he took me upstairs and no one knew about it at that point. They were just doing construction to that warden's tower. And uh, he said, look what we found, which I said to him, Paul, you have a pentagram built in your wall. And uh, Paul did not disagree. Um, But I'm incredibly excited to be going back there. Uh, It's been a long time. And uh, I am taking 20 of you with me, in which there are only nine tickets left to this event now. 
We are going to be ghost hunting from 9 at night until 4 in the morning. The whole place is going to be ours. Everything. The sugar shack, the psych ward, the hole, like you name it, we're going to be there. So if you want tickets to that, visit aghtelevision.com. You will see a big graphic right on the front page that says get your tickets to the West Virginia State Penitentiary event. Just click on that. And you'll be all set up. Like I said, just go click on that graphic. We sold a couple more last night, which, uh, yeah, man, I cannot wait. Uh, the next event that we have, this is actually a weekend-long paranormal retreat. One second, I need to get a drink here. <sighs> Gotta love water. Ice cold water. So cold, it hurts your teeth. That's how I like that shit. <laughs> um, December 2nd and 3rd, a weekend-long paranormal retreat in the Harbinger Kingdom at the Malvern Manor. What I love about the Malvern Manor is it is truly haunted. Uh, it is scary and creepy, but I will say this over and over again. The best thing about the Malvern Manor is the owner is Mr. Josh Hurd, who is quite an investigator himself. Uh, Josh is also very much involved with Harbingers. Not only is he in the film, but he was also my camera B operator, uh, which we'll talk Harbingers in a second. Um, but December 2nd and 3rd, uh, 30 tickets available. There are now only 10 tickets left to our December 2nd and 3rd. AGH presents a weekend in the Harbinger Kingdom at the Malvern Manor. At that event, we will also be joined by the lovely and talented Heather Taddy, very, very close friend of mine. I love investigating with Heather. The girl just makes me laugh constantly. But I can tell you from working with her, because she is also in Harbinger's, that there are few investigators that are as good as Heather Taddy. When it gets time to be serious, um, you know, she has that thousand mile stare and she gets real. And, and I think she's fantastic. So if you guys haven't hung out with her before or had the chance to investigate with her, uh, this is your chance as she is coming all the way, all the way to the Malvern Manor on December 2nd and 3rd, uh, which again, there's only 10 tickets left to that. And you can get those tickets at aghtelevision.com as well. Um, I will put the direct link to those ticket pages in the comments box below as well. Guys, I'm really, really excited because as many of you know, September 20th marked the release of, God, was it my seventh film or sixth film? Actually, it's my seventh feature because... Um, Truther was also a feature, one that I like very much, which I think I probably should release Truther uh, through Gravitas. If you guys think that's a good idea, let me know in the comments. Should I release Truther uh, worldwide? Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's available from Vimeo On Demand. Uh, basically, well, I don't, don't want to get into everything that it is, but it's really... Fascinating. I just reconstructed uh, that day, 9-11, uh, with footage from only victims, first responders, and the first people that were on site from the news. And what you get is a very, very 
a very different uh, a very different story than the one that we were all initially told um, it's not an anti-government movie or anything like that it's just it lays it out and there are very obvious questions that come to light real fast so truther was actually my uh the sixth film i guess you can say but i made it a while ago but 74 minutes is out right now which i wanted to thank uh my partner thomas uh brilliant man uh for the support and uh for executive producing yet another film with me um i'm i'm just fortunate guys i have an incredible team and uh you know thomas is always there to support my ideas and uh, make sure I have what I need to get them out. And uh, 74 Minutes was a hard film to release because if you guys remember, I was finishing up Phantom Rider and also uh, I was finishing up 74 Minutes uh, right before the pandemic hit. And then once the pandemic hit, as you guys know, you know, life just shut down for a while, especially out here in California. And then there was an issue with the DVDs and they had to be reprinted. And then uh, I had fulfilled my five-film uh, obligation to Gravitas, and that deal was over. And, uh, you know, the deal that we thought we were going to have in place and negotiate before the pandemic, we had to wait until after the pandemic. And then in that time period, Gravitas, our distributor, uh, was bought and sold twice, in which an entirely new team of people came in, which was... Um, an interesting moment because if they don't know me and they don't know my work or my fan base or how loyal you guys are, you know, uh, thankfully it all worked out. And uh, in the end, we actually got uh, the best deal we've gotten ever um, through them, which was, God, it was rewarding. That was a good day. Uh, it really was to get that out of the way. And then once the new date was in place, of course, a distributor doesn't want uh, things going out too early. Uh, so we had to wait. And I have spent the last week printing out postage and signing DVDs and packaging them. So they're going out to everybody. Uh, you'll know when yours is on its way um, because you will get an email with your tracking on it. But I want to thank you all, as I said in the beginning, because 74 Minutes also had the largest initial carrier release that we've ever had. We had a clean sweep of cable TV, uh, the top eight carriers, uh, you know, reaching over 100 million homes in the United States alone. We are on Comcast VOD, Cox VOD, Verizon Fios VOD, Frontier VOD, AT&T, DirecTV, um, Gravitas killed it. They did an amazing job of getting the film out there. And believe it or not, that is directly... From your support, same thing with Internet VOD, it's uh, out on all the usual suspects right now. The difference being that we had a partnership with Apple TV to do a pre-order, which was awesome. Great company. Apple TV, uh, iTunes, Vudu, Fandango, Roku, Google+, Amazon Prime. 74 Minutes is on Amazon Prime right now. It's on Xbox, on Microsoft, uh, the Xfinity. It's on Zumo. It's everywhere out there. Um, but right now, most people, typically that I know, most people that I know, they watch movies on Amazon Prime. Um, so if you guys have seen 74 Minutes or if you are going to see it, if you really want to support 
If you enjoyed the film, leave me some good comments there. Um, all that stuff matters. We wouldn't have the deal that we have without uh, your support and the way you guys have consistently supported me every time I put out a film, which is super awesome. All right, guys, I'm moving along. I'm moving along. Harbingers, guys, I have been busting my butt investigating that. It, it, man, I'm telling you, this is a deep, deep, thick movie. What I mean is layers of story and history. Um, it's about time I share a little bit more about Harbingers with you guys. I can tell you this. It is not a sequel to American Ghost Hunter. It is not a sequel. Uh, but it does, you know, have connective tissue left and right. The reason I say it's not a sequel is because it doesn't, you know, a sequel would be, you know, we jump back into my family and, you know, live that nightmare again for another how many years and that's not what this is as many of you guys know i lost my father uh he is no longer with us and it is something uh, that i've just accepted that i am not going to get over and a major reason why it's just not something i can get over uh is the way he passed away was incredibly unjust and and, and mysterious and uh, bizarre and medically unexplained. And you guys don't know the story. I, I've told little tiny bits of it, but you will learn through this film what actually happened. Um, but before, before he got sick, uh, you know, he and my mother got divorced. And the reason I don't uh, speak about why they got divorced or what happened is it's out of respect for him, whether he's gone or not. Uh, there's few things in the world that are as private as a man's marriage. And I, I believe it would be very disrespectful of me to my father to talk about the reasons and behind all of that 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 was that was his business and he didn't share it with the world so i'm not going to share it with the world uh what i can tell you is that i was i, I thought it was just and I, I i thought it was the right thing to do and specifically for him um but what was beautiful is i got about six months i got six months with him in which i had never seen him so happy and in which I was so blessed to talk to my father every night for hours, he would call. And for the first time in our life, he and I, uh, without anybody else jumping into the middle of our lives or our conversations or anything else, you know, we had the first chance in our life to really take a look at what's going on back in that area, southwestern Iowa. Um, in relation to what we experienced through the haunting, but to a bigger story and what we discovered. And, and this is, this is weird. It's bittersweet because what we discovered and a lot of it was stuff that he discovered and passed on to me was this shocking story and pieces to a horrifying puzzle that I, that I just, I couldn't believe. Um, but the beauty of it all was just working with him. 
you know, working as, yes, I'm his son, but we, we were, you know, we were, we were two, two people, two grown men that believed in what they were doing. And uh, I had actually scheduled, he was going to come out here for two weeks before he started getting sick because we were, we were going to make this together. We were going to tell the story together. And I remember just thinking, man, is there anything more like punk rock than like making a film with your dad? Like, I mean, that's just so dope, man. I mean, it, and my dad was cool, man. My dad was, like I said, an Air Force guy. And then he was, he was a biker. Uh, he was a rock and roll dude. He was, he was a man of God as well. You know, uh, I always tell the story, true story. My dad's favorite pastime was to read the Bible as he sipped on his Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, just a, an amazing guy, and I was so excited to make this film with him. But I, but this is, you'll see why in the film, it's not something I wanted to do alone. It is not. I mean, I, I initially I felt the only way I could reveal what he had discovered and tell the story would be with his help and his support, and that. That, that blanket of love that you get from a parent. And it just, and then he was gone. And I was kind of left with, oh my God, you know, what do I do with all this now? And uh, I'll, I'll leave, I'll kind of leave, the, I don't want to say too much past that, but, um, but there's years and years and years of layered footage and what I can also share with you guys now. I've told you there's many, many faces that you'll know in this film. Um, but what I can share with you now is uh, there's tons of footage from uh, American Ghost Hunter that was never used. And what's super bizarre is how much was going on during American Ghost Hunter that we didn't see because we were focused, at least I was and my father, you know, we were microcosmically focused on our family and not looking at what was happening on a much bigger scale. And there's tons of footage and things that happen that relate to that. So there's going to be a lot of footage, historical footage back in the day that's going to be in Harbingers as well. But I think that's all I'm going to share with you guys right now is that, like I said, it's not a sequel to my family story, <clears throat> but there is a lot of connective tissue, especially in the first of the three films. Um, so you'll see a ton of that. Uh, last but not least, guys, American Ghost Hunter. I just need to point this out because this blows my mind. And again, it's a, it is a tribute to you guys. Four months ago, Shiver, uh, it is a paranormal um, YouTube channel, Shiver Paranormal Documentaries. They've got about 160,000 subscribers. They licensed American Ghost Hunter from Gravitas, and they released it for free. Right now, you can watch American Ghost Hunter for free on YouTube. Just type in Shiver Kalik uh, Family. And hit return and you'll see it pop right up. So this is what blows my mind. And this is a tribute to all of you. 
339,000 views in the last four months, guys. You guys did that, okay? You guys did that. Absolutely mind-blowing. I cannot thank you enough. I just wanted to let you all know what you've done. And, uh, you know, I know we're, we're discussing a lot of stuff right now in the beginning for we get to the podcast, but this is very important to me because you guys are important to me. And you guys have driven these numbers and uh, it, it's just, it, it really is mind-blowing. And I'll have more on this in the future. But what I am going to do as a thank you is we are going uh, to release a 10th anniversary DVD, the last DVD that we're going to make of any title for American Ghost Hunter, uh, which is going to have about 15 additional minutes of footage that you guys have never seen. Meaningful, meaningful uh, moments of the film uh, and a fresh edit as well it'll be a different edit there's some things that i've always wanted to change about the film uh, that we're going to do that and we are going to release 300 dvds of them and what i can tell you is this will happen this will happen before christmas okay so that is coming we'll let you guys know all about it uh, this time around, uh, there's no pandemic. Let's hope. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, so uh, we're not even we're not even going to, you know, open up pre-orders or anything like that until the DVDs are in hand, uh, just to, to ensure that there's no act of God like last time that uh, took control of everything. Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's warranted. And it's something I've wanted to do for a long time because, again, like I said, there are things that would change. But I just wanted to thank you guys for everything that we've discussed when you get to the podcast content right now. This was important. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Uh, without you, man, there'd be no us, you know. And together, uh, there's a we, man, and that we is pretty powerful. So uh, we've been able to accomplish all this stuff, Okay. Much love, everybody. Just know that from my heart, man. I got nothing but love for all of you. Now, let's get into this podcast because there's some weird stuff that's been going down <clears throat> that I want to go over. As you guys know, Skyfall has been saying this is all going to turn military. <clears throat> this is all going to turn military. All this stuff, all of this stuff about... Uh, the UFOs and the green. You know, it's funny how, like, when the videos were first released, if you guys remember, I can go back and show you footage. You, well, you, you can Google it. When these videos first came out, you know, the question was, well, if these are UFOs, are they, you know, here to hurt us? And all of them, all the usual suspects across the board, Chris Mellon, Elzondo, um, Corbell, like, all those guys were like, no, you know, we have to look into this because if something's flying into our controlled, you know, uh, space on our flight area where no one could fly, I forget the actual name of the, uh, you know, the word for it. But they were saying, you know, to, to this point, we have no reason to believe that we're under any, um, you know, threat, but there's a possibility, so we got to look into it. And slowly but surely, this has turned into, you know, uh, these things could end us, you know, like we could be totally done. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Phenomenon or not, but the UFO sightings all started happening uh, basically when the nuclear, uh, you know, during the nuclear uh, age of uh, the golden age of the Cold War. 
And um, now they had been seen, you know, in World War II, uh, you know, which is around that same 1942 time period. 1939 is when they started testing them like crazy. And so there's every reason to believe that there's some connection to the, the you know, nuclear silos and all this stuff and UFOs. Even more of a reason to believe because we have accounts by like General George Salas who, you know, witnessed these hovering objects shutting down silos, right? Saying these nukes aren't going to fire and just literally shutting it all down. And this has happened in multiple countries throughout the world. There's never been a real reason to believe that the UFO phenomenon, these things, whatever they are, are here to kill us or destroy us, right? We don't have any cases we can point at and say that, you know, we don't. So why would we suddenly start believing that airspace, that's what the word I was looking for, that because these things can fly through our airspace, that they're going to kill us? It doesn't make any sense, right? But Skyfall kept, you know, saying to me, this is going to turn dark. This is going to turn military. And slowly but surely, guys, we've seen that happen. And it was weird. It happened fast. It went from like, we agree, like, you know, we have no reason to believe that they're going to kill us or that they're a threat, but we just got to make sure. We got to make sure. We got to know what the intentions are of these things. We got to study this. And now, if you turn, listen to any interviews by Jeremy Corbell, like Chris Mellon, not only are they saying that these things, you know, should be viewed as a threat, have you guys caught on to the fact that now they're all saying that our government has downed, you know, craft, that they have these machines that in their possession? When did that happen? Like, it's just amazing to me how... <clears throat> Sorry, guys, my chest is, I'm still, I just coughing a little bit. It's amazing to me how, if you listen to all these stories, how these guys go from, here's some incredible footage that we have from these, uh, you know, jets, and which, by the way, the footage is not incredible, but they're saying it's, you know, it's the craziest stuff ever, and, uh, you know, we do think there's something out there, um, and they're being very careful with their words, uh, because they didn't want to, like, overstate their position, right? But now, if you go on and look, they're all saying, and they're all pushing very hard for the government to release either video uh, or footage, um, you know, of these downed crafts that they say they have. In fact, Tom DeLong was on the, the Steve-O show, in which he said he has a piece of a downed craft at his house. And I'm like, what? Like, when did we go from, when did we go from, here's some videos to for sure the government has, you know, a downed UFO, uh, a downed saucer or a vehicle that it's storing and they've been back engineering it and it's, it's time they bring it out. But that's been like the push, the hard push now from Corbell, uh, from Chris Mellon, Lou Alzando, it's been the hard push, is that our government has to show us this stuff. And my whole thinking is, why? Why? So it could scare the shit out of everybody? 
Because if they come out and they're like, look, here's the saucer, and if they've re-engineered it and showed what it can do, yeah, there would be, you know, a, a lot of people that were like, whoa, man, that could be frightening if it gets in the wrong hands. Never stopping to consider the wrong hands might be ours, you know. Uh, in fact, I wanted to point this out, too, before we go a little further here. Corbell was on Rogan again. I don't know if you guys saw this. And guys, let me say this. I am trying really hard, man, to remain as neutral as I can about Corbell. But you got to criticize when you see things that don't make sense. And where I started to really lose, man, any belief that he's a good guy uh, is, you know, you know, there's good guys and bad guys, right? In all this, in the world, everywhere, right? I'm like, I want him to be a good guy. He's a filmmaker. He's one of me. He's in the clan. And then I saw him just trying to sell that triangle stuff, you know, at, at the USS Omaha. And they're showing footage on a, a, an iPhone, you know, over the operating system from inside, you know, the submarine. First of all, I'm thinking, so they're on a submarine and they get service? Why does this guy have an iPhone? He, he's floating around under the water at sea and he's got an iPhone on him? at this. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but more than anything, as we went over, that triangle footage is a bokeh. And there is no way on planet Earth that Jeremy Corbell, who is a extremely talented director of photography, as I said before, the guy can really shoot, man. There's no way that he doesn't know what a bokeh is. He knows what it is. And he knows... That in that footage, as Congress explained, or as the, the task force, the UFO task force, the first thing they came out and did is said, yeah, this is fake. It's not real. This is a blurry camera with a bokeh effect uh, from the shutter that is creating this, this triangle image and a ghost image as well. It's what it is. Like the corridor crew. Special effects experts who create this stuff in real life on personal time, they took one look at that footage and laughed it off. In fact, the guys from Corridor were like, this is childish. So what does Cord you know, Jimmy Corbell do? I said on the last podcast where I was, you know, uh, talking about this and really kind of throwing it in his lap and saying, hey, dude, you know, you know, you know, this was a book. You know that. I know that. Anybody who's worked with, with <coughs> you know, lenses, especially high-end lenses and, and shutters and, and the different shutters, because uh, the shutter, how, however many doors the shutter has uh, or, or the shape that the shutter is in, that is what the blurred shape will be. So... On, a lot of times on cheap cameras, only have three shutters that, that uh, simultaneously uh, turn and come together. And when they open, uh, they create that triangle effect. And that's why you're seeing that in the sky. So after Congress came out, the investigators of the, of the UFO task force team came out. After I came out, after the, after the corridor crew came out first and foremost, which those guys kick ass. They nailed it when talking about this bokeh effect. So you would think that Corbell is going to go, okay, I got it wrong. 
I got it wrong. I mean, he could have said that. Like, I'm saying there's no way that he didn't know what a bokeh is. I can't prove that he didn't know this. I just, I find it incredibly difficult to believe that he didn't know what a bokeh was. But maybe he didn't. All he had to do is say, oh, never heard of a bokeh. I didn't know that. I, as a professional director of photography, had no idea the effects that shutters and lenses have on footage, I guess. I don't know. He could have said, I didn't know. He could have said I made a mistake. He could have said I misjudged it. He could have said maybe the person that gave this to me, I shouldn't be trusting and I shouldn't be believing that that's what this footage is. There's a million things that he could have said just to say, I'm wrong. You know, I'm wrong. It, it, it's, it, it blows me away. Personalities like Corbell's blow me away. Like Just because it's almost like sociopathic in the sense that it's like, I can do no wrong, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? Like sociopaths are always right. And we live in a world with a lot of that today where because of social media and the eyes on people, everybody's like afraid to say I'm wrong. I got it wrong, which it would be completely understandable if he just came out and said, uh, even if he didn't know of bokehs, if he came out and said, I, I know what a bokeh is, I guess I just didn't connect the two right away. Congress is right. Uh, you know, Corridor Crew's right. Although he would never say it, Chad Kalick is right. <laughs> um, but man, I'll tell you what really frustrated me is he had the chance to respond. What did he do? He came out and said, first he, he just sidestepped it. He was like, and this is on his live stream. He came out and said, no matter what shape it's in, I got one simple question and no one's answered it. It's who are the controllers, man? Who are flying those things? Who are the controllers? And Congress won't answer. They won't say who is in control over those flying pyramids, man. That's where you should be focusing. And I'm like listening to him going, Jeremy, this is this is like Sesame Street rationale. They don't know who the controllers are. They're drones, man. They're drones. And just because drones fly around an Omaha ship that's out there, that it can be it, it could be a million things where they wouldn't know who the controllers are. You know, maybe it's China, man. Maybe it's China's drones. Maybe it's the Navy's drones. And maybe they're just testing to see how this brand new ship, the USS Omaha, which is like the most badass ship in the world that has all the modern, you know, gadgets known to man, maybe someone's just testing to see how it reacts to drone swarming it. Maybe it's the actual Navy that was controlling it. Maybe it's the CIA. Maybe it's the FBI. Maybe it's the DOD. Who knows, right? There's a million reasons why people could go, oh, it was a classified test. You were never in danger. <clears throat> the drones weren't armed. We just sent them out there. And maybe, like I said, maybe the CIA is doing it. We just sent them out there to see how you respond. You know, just because no one knows who the controllers are, I don't understand how that makes it alien, UFO, or otherwise. That doesn't make any sense. But what really bothered me, when he had the chance to set the record straight on Rogan with 30 million people, 30 million people listening. And what did he do? He doubled down. Not only did he double down, he went further. He said, not only 
is it a triangle that we're seeing that's a legit triangle? He said, they're pyramids. They were pyramids that were flying. Okay, I'm going to pull this footage up again. Look at the screen right now. A pyramid is a three-dimensional object. There is no pyramids flying here. This is a bokeh. He knew it. He lied. In front of everybody, he lied, man. And that it just bums me out. It's why I, I wish I could have a conversation with Corbell, because I'd be like, dude, what's going on, man? <laughs> you know? Just be just be wrong. That's fine. Like that's how you gain trust. When you screw something up and you say I was wrong about that, that's how you gain trust. I mean, ah, it was so frustrating, you know? Uh, but back to the uh, the military thing. When everybody started going military, like I said, all the usual suspects, Corbell, Mellon, Lou Alzando, uh, you know, they all started pushing this, you know, not only are these things a threat, our government has a, a downed aircraft, and, you know, they need to come out with that, and Alzando saying, we have footage, like crystal clear HD footage you know, where you can see into the cockpit of one of these things. And, <clears throat> you know, they're making these massive claims right now. And they're demanding, you know, that this comes out, that people need to get mad and they need to, like, demand it. And, you know, can I just say this, too? Let's just, let's, let's stop perpetuating the myth that these guys, you know, basically broke the back of the government and forced them to release stuff. I mean, listen, for years, you know, we've known all the stories. If the government, the CIA, the FBI, the Department of Defense, look, if they don't want to release something, you know, a bunch of dudes talking about things aren't going to get it done. If they don't want to release something, they would have never released that footage. Like, those guys didn't make anybody release anything. <laughs> those guys were a part of the process of releasing that footage, okay? Those guys didn't make anybody release anything, right? The government chose to, and those answers came from the top level. Like I said, you know, there's no way five pilots just decide they're going to go talk to the New York Times about classified things that they've experienced. It's not going to happen. Uh, so when, like I said, I saw all this talk turn to uh, fear-based, fear-based military stuff, you know, uh, my initial thought was, well, listen, if we're going to, you know, like Skyfall predicts, if we're headed towards this fake alien invasion, you know, they're going to have the moment where they sell. They sell the fear, right? And and they've started down this road. You go look at any of the recent interviews versus the past interviews. My next thought was, well, if once they start pushing this fear, we're going to start seeing you know, more of a presence of the Space Force, right? Because that was the big thing that's going to keep us safe, you know? Uh, Trump came out and said it's not enough, uh, you know, to just be in space in this new, uh, you know, warfaring zone. Like, we have to dominate. We have to dominate space. We have to be, you know, the most badass space cowboys around. And the Space Force was going to be it, right? The Space Force was going to be it. So I kept waiting for, you know to see some, you know, something related to the Space Force, something related to, you know, them being actively involved, like maybe in a, uh, you know, UFO case or something, because 
as Skyfall predicted, the Webb Telescope is absolutely doing everything he said. Like every you know, new story is about how the Webb Telescope is picking up signs of of life. They recently said, uh, was it Proxima B? You know, the Webb Telescope was able to see and actually send back, you know, data that proved that on Proxima B, there's artificial light. And, you know, like, it's just like every new story about the Webb Telescope is about how it's proving that there's aliens. And, you know, so I, I just kept thinking, okay, well, where's the Space Force in this? Because uh, if not a public dis- display of power, you would think that privately things would be ramping up with the Space Force because if there is, and this is a big tell to me, if there is going to be some sort of fake alien invasion, you know, uh, the heroes are going to be the Space Force, right? I mean, they named them the Guardians, all right? Like, if you're a Marine Corps, you're a Marine, you know? If you're the, the Air Force, you're an Airman, you know? If, uh, if you're in the Space Force, you're a Guardian, uh, which I thought was... Of course, everybody thinks of Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, so I kept thinking there's either going to be a public display of, of power and awesomeness by the Space Force that's coming, um, or people are going to be, you know, filming them uh, thinking they're UFOs or something, some private display, but they would have to be active or ramping it up at least, okay? All right. I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any of it. So I started thinking, well, man, maybe this is just all bullshit. You know, maybe all of it is. I do this a lot, by the way, guys. I go all the way down a road and get myself to a point where I feel like I believe something. At at midnight, I'll be sure. When I wake up at 6 a.m., I'm all the way back to disbelieving. <laughs> That's just how my mind works. Um, but, I, yeah, I just thought, well, if if... We're not seeing anything about the Space Force. I, these are just guys talking. And maybe maybe Corbell and, you know, all of them, Hal put off and, uh, you know, just all of them. You know, maybe all those dudes, Luis Alzano, Chris Mellon, maybe all of them are just just talking shit because they want to be out there in the public eye. And, and they want that those congressional dollars, man. They want that money. You know, sign that that new bill at Congress that gives us, you know, $300 million to chase down these scary things in the sky. And because and let's not forget, there's a million green reasons why these guys would want to do this. Like, it, it's always hard for me to come down on people when people's complaints are, well, oh, they, they just want to make money. Because if you love anything, anything, whether it's mowing lawns and you want to be the world's greatest lawnmower, it's going to take money, right? If you want to, you know, uh, investigate uh, UFOs, uh, it's going to take money. Uh, how do, I mean, think about it. How do archaeologists survive? Through grants, through through donors, through uh, patronage, through people that support them and just give them money to go do this stuff, right? So, you know, initially when people are saying, oh, Roman, but like, but this is a real thing. I mean, there's patronage is one thing. Congressional dollars, that money's long, man. That Congress money's long. Those tax dollars, you know. So these guys, you know, these four or five guys could find themselves on the UFO task force with a budget of, you know, $250 million. 
you know, and, and who and who's going to, you know, keep track of that? Who's the oversight on that? You know, Congress works, man. They gave Bob Bigelow $22 million to go investigate the fucking Skinwalker Ranch, man. I mean, didn't we realize that thing was just whack when George Knapp wrote a book claiming the most insane shit ever occurs at the Skinwalker Ranch? And then by his own words on Rogan, he says, well, we have no evidence of anything. They just don't have it. None. And you can kind of see Rogan's face like, here we go again. But yeah, no, this guy wrote a whole book called Skinwalker. You know, the Skinwalker Ranch that was supposed... Not, not a single piece of evidence. No photos, no video, no data, nothing. And yes, I've seen episodes of the Skinwalker Ranch show. While there's interesting stuff there... There's been no smoking gun. There's been, you know, no werewolf was filmed. Uh, you know, as Bob Bigelow's team said that there were reports of, you know, there was no ghost stuff filmed. Uh, there was no UFOs filmed. There was no Skinwalker filmed. There was no alien film. There, there's nothing, nothing, nothing burger, okay? <laughs> So they, they spent $22 million on that, and after a year, they just shut it down because nothing happened, but not before $22 million was ripped through. So there's always that part of me that says, well, maybe they're just doing this to try to get that that long congressional dollar, you know, that, that tax money. Um, but I, I don't know. I also, I, while, there is, while there definitely is a percentage of shallow people that, you know, live for the dollar, um, I also find it hard that to believe that some guys would sit around and go, you know how we get paid? We make the government give us millions for something for UFO hunting. Like that just seems like such a long stretch and and such a massive flip of a coin. So, you know, I just didn't know. I just didn't know why they were doing what they were doing, but I thought maybe maybe that's it. Maybe they just want to stay in the public eye and that's why now it's like, hey government, you gave us video, but now you gotta give us the UFO you have, and we know you have it, and you, you got to show it, and and we know you got footage inside the cockpit, and you got to show it, and like all this stuff. I thought maybe they're just talking shit, because I've seen nothing from the Space Force. And then all that changed when a friend of mine sent me two videos Two videos a couple weeks ago. Not Skyfall. A different friend of mine that's just into kind of all this stuff. His name's Doug. And they blew me away. Not only is the footage mind-blowing, which I'll show it to you here in a bit. It just reminded me of a place that I had totally forgot about. The Assetti Ranch. The first time I went to Trout Lake, Washington, was with, uh, you know, Ryan, Paranormal State, that whole thing. And I remember being blown away by a couple things when I got there. One, how far away that place is from anybody else. I mean, it's just like, there shouldn't be a house out there or this ranch. I mean, like, it's, you know, there's, you know, Mount Adams massive, then no roads, no anything except to the Assetti Ranch. And, you know, even to get to the Assetti Ranch, you got to navigate and drive through llamas. <laughs> they have llamas everywhere. 
And I remembered pulling in with those guys, and there was a couple things that shocked me right away. When we pulled in, there was uh, these black uh, cars that had like tinted windows that were pulling out. And I overheard James, and I guess I'm just going to say this now because I've heard other people say who they saw there, but um, I didn't see him, but I heard, you know, talk from everybody out there uh, on James's team that lived there. Uh, and, and we confirmed it, that it was, it was Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney was out at the UFO ranch. And I just remember thinking, well, why in the fuck is Dick Cheney out here? What would his interest be? Like, what, UFOs? Like, what is going on? And uh, there were other famous people that, that have been out there. Jay Leno is a big UFO guy. He had been out there to see everything. Robbie Williams, this pop singer, had spent a ton of time out there, uh, which Corbell knows about, you know, all of that, too. Um, but my take on the Assetti Ranch, after taking it all in, seeing everything flying through the skies, and there were absolutely ships of some kind that we don't know about, some kind of aircraft that were flying in and out of the atmosphere. And what I mean by that is when you come into the atmosphere, it's just like when you see a, a, a shooting star. It gets super, super bright you know, as it's coming in and because it gets really hot. And then as it's getting closer to, you know, the world, uh, you know, it gets cooler. So when these ships, aircraft, come in, you know, from 120,000 plus and, you know, they're, they're going through the atmosphere over 130,000, which is like the top end of where we can go. But they're clearly up in the orbit area when they're coming in they get super bright and james calls this james gilliland the owner of the ranch he calls this a power up he said it's gonna power up and then you like see it and it, it does happen and when i was out there you would see one ship probably every half an hour to 45 minutes you'd see five or six throughout the night just incredible stuff i mean but i remember there was a couple of the lights that flew over to Mount Adams and they went behind it, but they never came out on the other side. And I remember thinking, there's a base. There's a military base over there. This is our stuff. Like, we're flying this stuff around. I ended up talking to James the next day, and he actually showed me, which he's now released it, and I'm glad he has. He showed me a ton of footage that he had of uh, helicopters, Chinooks, like Chinook military helicopters that were jet black, no markings. F-35s that were flying by, jet black, no markings. Uh, it was crazy. So it was just very easy to say, in my opinion, I just felt like this is a military base. That's what they're seeing out here in the middle of nowhere where, like, you know, you fly into Portland and you drive forever and you go through the Dalles. And it's just, Trout Lake is nowhere, man. It's nowhere. And I just remember thinking, yeah, this is military stuff. Then years later, uh, uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? Jimmy Church from uh, Fade to Black. 
good guy. He visited the ranch. He was able to get out there on the ranch. And he actually photographed a massive door. He had a super long lens. And he photographed this massive door on Mount Adams opening and shutting. And you can see in one picture, the door's open. I mean, when I say door, not like a door you walk through. I'm talking about like a massive, gigantic, you know, swinging structured door that opens up so like planes can fly through there. Chinooks can fly through there. And then you see it shut. He showed me. He showed me this. I probably still have it saved. But I had for, completely forgot about that place and my thoughts about what that place was. That this is, this is military. The second time I went back there was uh, for an event that Paranormal State had held. And, uh, God, man, I, I wish I would have been more focused on documenting what occurred that night as well. Because, yeah, there was just some low-flying stuff that there's just no way that it was a plane. It was definitely, it was definitely ships, uh, aircraft that was top secret that we didn't, and we had never seen before. And that second time, there was something that paced the sky. I'm talking from horizon to horizon. Fast, man. Fast. I'm talking like four or five seconds. From horizon to horizon. That's how fast whatever this thing was, it was cooking. And yeah, I was just floored by it. Absolutely floored by it. So when I got this footage, uh, my buddy said, you know, the rumor is Mount Adams is the Space Force headquarters. Like it's the command center. And I'm like, well, who's saying this? He's like, well, a lot of people believe it because of what's going on there. And I said, you know, I, I just, that makes so much sense to me. If that's the case, that makes so much sense because, again, there's nothing out there except James. <laughs> you can do anything you want out there, man. Like, you, seriously, like, if you ever wanted to, like, get lost or uh, hide from the world, or, like, there's just, there's no, there's, there's no humanity, you know? And I'm like, that, gosh, that would make so much sense. And I guess this is ended up being kind of a, a rumor that's that's going around, that that's the Space Force headquarters. So I opened up these clips that he sent me. Now, before I play this, just so you guys know, what's really difficult about the UFO ranch when you're there is that James Gilliland, which is, he is such a sweetheart. He is such a nice guy. So please... God, James, if you hear this or anybody else, don't take this as me, you know, trying to be mean or anything. Um, but James and these guys, there's some pretty far out there thinkers. It's very much kind of like a hippie commune out there. And there's just silly stuff that they do all the time that clearly isn't paranormal, but they're sold. They're sold on it. For example, there's this big wide open field that you can stand in and look up at Mount Adams. They'll go out there on a windy night when wind's blowing 
and dust is in the air, and they'll shoot a flashlight, and they'll go, now watch for this orb, these smart orbs, they're here, they're coming, and then you see what he's talking about, and he's like, yep, there it was, and it's, 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 a, it's a bug, it's a bug, check this out. That is cool. Now here comes one. Here's an here's an intelligent uh, one. Oh, oh, whoa! What the? Okay. There, here we go. Here. Ah. Look at. That is that's moving way too fast for bugs. I'm moving 30, 40 feet at a whack. Bucket. All right, I lost it. They're looking at a bug through night vision. <laughs> it's a bug. And they're like, that was no bug. I'm not buying that. You can hear them on the tape talking about it. So it, it's just hard because while there are real things going on at their place, like when he first told me about the military helicopters that hover over, I, I, I didn't believe it. I was like, oh, okay, sure. The, the black ops are out here. And then you show me the footage, and I was like, oh, wow. What, those are black ops. Yeah. Right over the ranch. Two of them. Three, four. Four of them. So we just had four black helicopters go straight over the ranch. I would also like to point something really interesting out because I don't know if James has seen this or not. But when I was cutting this podcast together and reviewing this footage... I noticed what appears to be some kind of weapons discharge or a flash or like a, a muzzle flash. Let's go straight over the ranch. 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 Now again, I'm not claiming that they were fired at or anything like that. No one's ever said that to me. But regardless, this is very interesting. Two of them. Three, four. So that's what's hard. There's real things going on and then there's really spooky, spooky in like a kooky way, things that are going on there where James thinks that he was, you know, hand-chosen to usher in this new way of life that will rid humanity of starvation and of fights and of violence. And and obviously, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I think there's, he lives by a base, a secret base where... Uh, they test crazy shit that is incredible. And I think these people at the base mess with them because I've been there with him where he's shooting the lasers because he's really long green lasers. He'll shoot the lasers and like flash him a few times at these crafts. And I swear to God, these crafts would flash him back. Oh, that's perfect. Boom! Oh, yeah, there we go. And I'm like, right now there's a U.S. pilot in that ship going, watch this, man. We are going to freak these dudes the fuck out. <laughs> you know? And they're flashing back, you know? Yeah, there it goes. There it is. There's the power up. Whoa! Got it. Whoa, total power up. We got it. Nice. Oh, man, look at that. That's massive. Okay, everybody ask this one to power up. Send it nice right, thoughts. Power up, Whoa! That was nice. It's pretty wild stuff, right? What I love about these videos the most is the excitement of James and his whole crew. That's exactly what it was like when I was out there. Everybody was just 
so happy and excited to see these things. It's really cool. But getting back to the two videos that my buddy sent me, as it turned out, they're just two videos that James recently filmed at the Yaseti Ranch and posted to his YouTube page, which I will include the link in the comments section below. You got to check it out. There's so much amazing footage there. But these two clips that I'm going to show you guys were recently filmed by James. One was on July 24th, 2022, and the second one was filmed only five days later on July 29th, 2022. Uh, in this first video I'm going to show you, this is what I would call a fleet of UFOs that are flying around above Trout Lake, Washington, above Mount Adams. And the reason this kind of spooked me out a little bit here is when I say this is a fleet, guys, you're going to see a lot of stuff flying around in the air that's moving uh, independently of each other. Things are going up, down, like, well, you'll see. Th these are not satellites. They are not comets. Uh, these, are, these are aircraft of some kind. And, again, there's a lot of them doing what they're doing. So, uh, here we go. Check this footage out. You see him? It's like a vortex of wharves around us right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, three. Another one came up and greeted him. Oh, oh, we got two, two, two. Yeah, I got him. There's three. Another one went right through him. Oh, there's one behind the two. Oh, Is there? There's two. There's two. Or four. Jeez. One. No, there's four in front. Up. I got the two in front. Oh, hold on. There's a third one. Hold on. Is that... Oh my lord, that's, that's oh wow, dude, there's like 15 of them coming right now. Oh god, I mean, look at this. One, two, three, yeah, power up. Oh, it's what? They're powering up. That's not Starlink. That's definitely not Starlink. That thing powered up. They, yeah, they were all phasing, like, ooh, it's powering up again. Yeah, awesome. Which one? This oh. one right here. Yeah, wow. how many are there? There's a line of them. They're all powering up. They're all powering up. Shoot. They're taking turns, but they, yeah, each each one are, whoa. Yeah. I don't know which one to film. There's a whole, my lord. I, I got the majority of them. Are they spinning? Right here. They're powering up right here. Okay, I got this one. Oh. Oh, dude. Dude, there's a whole fleet. It's my God, they're all, oh you know what? God. That's not Starlink. They're, look, they're all, they're all another up. one's they're coming down. Oh, oh my Lord. That's a freaking fleet. Holy cow. Look at all of them. That's not Starlink. That's definitely not Look, Starlink. another one coming down from the top. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, this is, they're, they're, dude, they're, this is a fleet. What? Look at all those. Holy cow. You and they're all, they're all, they're you not, they're not in a straight row. Yeah, they're like side by side. They're off. They're not in straight line at all. No. They're powering up. Oh, look at that. Look, that look, one look powered up. Them. They're powering up. All of them. What? Oh, I'm getting pulsed. My whole left side's pulsing. Yeah. And they're going, look, they're going down. They're going up. Oh, my God. Look, this one's no going up. Side by side. There's side two by side. side by side. Oh, my God. They're this everywhere. is like, whoa. You called it. That. There's two. Two there. Oh my lord. Oh my god, there. <laughs> two. What the heck? 
There are so many, I don't know which one to film. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching every single one of them. Every single one of them has power. That one, yeah, that one just every powered up. There's one. two. Look at that, three, four, five, six, what? seven, eight, nine, ten. This, yeah, that was eight, like 11, 12. Wow, they're just. Holy cow. They're still coming. Holy cow. And they're going every direction. They're not. What? They're not in a straight line. They're powering up everywhere. Oh my God. They're sitting side by sides. Look at that. Two together there, two there, two there, yeah. two there, three, four, oh, five. Oh, this is, this is, this is. This oh is my God, it's on. What the heck? It is on. Now, the reason this is so wild to me is I was out at the ranch, guys. Okay? I was there. All right? I was there the day Dick Cheney was leaving, which once I figured out to my belief is that this is a military base, the Dick Cheney thing made sense to me. I assumed he was probably visiting Gilliland or the people there just to see what they could see, or maybe he wanted to see what they can see at night, but there's every reason in the world now for Cheney to be there, especially if he knows that it's, you know, a base of ours in, in Mount Adams. The reason this footage freaked me out like no other is because this is what I would expect to happen. Like with, uh, you know, Corbell and, you know, like I said, uh, Putoff and Mellon and I was, I was on the whole crew with them all, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the threat from UFOs. I would expect to see the Space Force, you know, full-blown. And this, this looks like they're preparing for something. This looks like a, a fleet training, all right? That's what this looks like to me. Uh, this next clip, again, blows me away because you're about to see a very low, low-flying UFO out of his property. Real low. Like, low enough to scare a whole population if this went flying down the street of a major city. Okay? Check this footage out. Okay, that wins. That's, That's bigger than yesterday. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. It's right over, you know, going right over the house. So big. That's amazing. Holy crap. <laughs> going through the trees. Look at that. Oh Are you my God. recording it, James? Yeah, I got it on film. Awesome. Are you recording, Wendy? Yeah, I got it. Fantastic. I also got a shot of oh, him. Oh, God, it's still there. Yeah, he's yeah it's still it. popping through the trees. That was Look incredible. how low that is. Oh it's like God. half treetop oh, level. Oh, my God. This is... James saw said it was going to be better tonight. That, yeah. That's nailed it. That's done it. Yeah, this is it. This, this is, is like, this how do you... This how is do you, uh, a holy crap new type. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... People didn't realize that the house is right here. Here's the house, and here's the ship oh right over the house. Oh my god. Is it green? Is it coming towards us? Yes. Yes, it's coming. Okay, so imagine if you saw that, if you were in Chicago and you saw that, something bright and glowing flying down the street. You know what I mean? That would scare the living hell out of you. Tell you what would scare me even worse. If I looked up and saw one of these things, whatever it is, and it started firing at me, if it used some kind of weapon on me, obviously I would freak out, right? Well, after digging around in James's files some more, I found this footage. 
Check this out and tell me what you think this is. This is mind blowing. Check this out. <laughs> no. That's a crap. Don't aim at it. If Whoa, oh something God. just shot underneath it. So again, I have to ask, are these alien ships or are we looking at our own military here? Something is flying and in this footage, it appears as though something is shooting something. <laughs> it's wild, man. It's wild. <laughs> no. That's a crap. Don't aim at it. If Whoa, oh something God. just shot underneath it. Yes, you just watch footage and what appears to be a UFO firing something. And you know, it would be so easy to call all of this stuff fake had I not been there. I've been there. And every time I was there, I saw things in the sky. There's wild, crazy stories about Bigfoots and ground-level orbs. I didn't see any of that. But I'll tell you what I also didn't see back then. I didn't see fleets of UFOs in the sky. That footage has, what, 15, 20 things flying around in multiple directions. Never saw that. Never saw it. I certainly never saw anything really low to the ground emanating massive lights. And I definitely did not see a UFO firing anything. So something else is going on. Something more is happening. To me, this is a military base. And if you need more proof, look at this footage. Okay, so just so you know what's going on in this footage, this gentleman is firing a laser into Mount Adams, but he's not randomly firing it. Exactly where he is firing that laser, there is believed to be a massive door that allows aircraft to fly in and fly out of the alleged base in Mount Adams. In fact, for those of you that are familiar with Jimmy Church of the Fade to Black radio show, great guy, the last time he was at a SETI ranch, I think he used a zoom lens, but he showed me two photos that he has of a massive door in the mountain opening and closing. It's pretty crazy. Just there's, You can see this massive cavern, and in the next photo, it's just walled off like a massive door shut. Well, the location of that door is exactly, exactly where this gentleman is firing this laser. It's right here on the mountain, right where this little arrow juts up. This is where it's located. Now watch what happens here. There it is again. Look at that. Look at it powered up. Yeah. James posted this footage himself on his YouTube page. And, and this is incredible because this is Mount Adams. Okay. Like there are no roads. We tried to actually find ways to drive to Mount Adams because it's uh, 13 or 14 miles away from uh, the city ranch. And there's nothing on Mount Adams. It's a gigantic mountain. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing there. There's nothing surrounding Mount Adams. So I think the way they get into this base, if they're driving, I think it's underground. Five. There's five lights on the mountain right now. And if they're flying, they fly into the mountain. They fly into the mountain. I'm not kidding. And listen, it's not like I'm unaware that it sounds crazy to say that airplanes are flying into a hidden base in a mountain, right? Like the first time I heard the concept, my biggest thought was they're going to be flying dead into the dark side of a mountain. There's just no way. Even on, even on massive ships on the ocean, they have landing lights. They have something that's bringing them in. And then I started hearing tales that the mountain itself would light up in like this triangular shape that acts as like a guide light. And I am thinking, this is the biggest, biggest crack of shit ever. And then, sure enough, 
James Gillan filmed it. He filmed it. Look at this footage. Whoa, the whole mountain is lighting up. Look yeah, at that. It's lighting up. Look at that. Whoa. You see that? Yeah. The whole mountain just lit up. It's still lighting up. You see that? Yeah. And I'm sure right now you're thinking the same thing I was thinking. Come on, I mean, this can't be real, right? I mean, this mountain glows, these, you know, a landing strip into an internal base. Well, James says it's not crazy at all because he's actually filmed craft coming from the mountain and flying right by his face. Look at this footage. And listen, I'm not going to pretend like I know what's going on. A lot of this stuff is just guesswork based upon experiences there. Something is happening. My hope, my hope is that it's a Space Force. <laughs> that that's what's going on out there. That it's actually the Space Force. But you have to ask the question, what if it's not? What if it's not? It's just a wild situation, man. It is. But having said that, back to my original point. <laughs> my original point is the usual uh, you know, gang of suspects, right? Lou Elizondo and, and you know, all those dudes. If they are trying to sell the fear factor to everybody in the world, right? If they're all just going, you know, they're deadly, they're scary, they can transverse water and sky, and they can fly through shit, and they could, you know, we don't know what we're doing. I mean, I sit back and go, well, they, they've been scary since 1939 then. And in fact, they've been scary a lot earlier, because I can go back to paintings in, in the year 1300 that have, you know, spaceships in it. And, you know, in fact, if you want to go, you know, back even further... Uh, you know, there's everything from wall paintings to Egyptian glyphs to Mayan structures. And hell, let's just keep going. You know, let's talk about Ezekiel and the wheel, right? There, there's just, look, UFOs and these artwork and megaliths, which make no sense, right? And, and you know, uh, megaliths that have designs that look like spacemen wearing helmets, uh, you know, glyphs in Egyptian walls that look like helicopters, um, jewelry made that looks like flying planes. I mean, this stuff goes back forever. So if they've been a threat, they've been a threat since before time, man. I mean, before before our time, at least, before the time of humankind, if they are a threat, well, we're, we're just, we're all fucked. So there's not really a chance to, why whine about it? Um, but I don't think they are. I, I just, whoever it is, if it is in fact, because it could be a couple things, I think. If it's not aliens that come from a far off planet, uh, if it's not them, then I think it's us traveling transdimensionally. Like, like I said, like us from the future. You know what I'm saying? Because in order to understand, to understand nuclear weapons, to understand how to shut them down, to understand our intent, whoever it is that's behind these crafts, they would have to be able to basically translate us, right? You know, what are we? You know, what are we saying? What does our intent show? Um, are we just testing bombs, or are we bombing someone? 
Um, like you know, saying like they would have to be human, right? Or 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 super smart where they can just land and know how we speak and translate us. Basically, is what I'm saying to figure out what it is that we're doing. That leads me to believe that whoever's behind these things are human-ish, right? Like like what if and what if what if that's the case? They always say things like, well, if there was life throughout the galaxy. We probably couldn't even detect them, you know, like they'd be so different than us. And, and I'm like, I, I, okay, yeah, I see all the argument for that and why that would be the case. But what if that's not the case? What, what if this is what it looks like when you, you know, maybe the same laws of physics that apply throughout the galaxy that govern everything right because that's what physics is right it's it's pretty much governs everything it's a universal language you know what if it's the same way with like life like what if we're we're what intelligent life looks like right like when you go to the bottom of the marianas trench and they have these giant like eel fish that are you know, translucent, you can see right through them, you can see their stomach, their heart beating, <laughs> you can see their eyeballs, but they're like ghostly white, you can see through them. Maybe on any planet in the universe that has water that deep, maybe if you go down to that water, you find the same looking thing, because that's what life looks like down there. Under that, the weight of the ocean, you know, no light, freezing cold maybe that's what life looks like and the same thing with that like i said maybe you know when you're intelligent and you become us you know this is what life looks like man you know big brains and opposable fucking thumbs man <laughs> like that's you know the little bit that, that makes us that much better than every other animal you know although the animals all seem to have more compassion than us at times um but you know it, so because it's my firm belief that whatever's here, I've said this before, guys, I think it there is something here, and I think it lives under the water. That's where I think it's at. It's under the ocean. Because the whole world has been remapped, right? 13,000, you know, 500 years ago, there was a, this catastrophic event that completely remapped the face of the earth. So we have no clue what's at the bottom of those oceans. What we do know is that those oceans used to be land. And Younger Dryas hit, and it all changed. So, you know, we don't know. And I would also say that if they come from the water, and if they're basically like us in the sense that human beings are, I would venture to say that they have a percentage of the population that is those people. That that's how they come to understand what we want to do with these nukes, why we're creating them, why wars start. You know, doesn't it make sense that they would have, if they are a separate species, or us in the future, or us in the past, and us currently to maintain, uh, regardless if, if, you know, they're here to watch over, doesn't it make sense that they would have a percentage of their population, you know, ingrained in ours, like living in ours as well? I mean, I know they're just, these are some out there thoughts, right? And we're, we're playing the what if game, right? Like, what I mean by the what if game is, of course, we'll find no answer. But but what if, you know what I mean? Um, there's some things that just make sense, man. That just make sense to me. And seeing this footage of whoever these pilots are doing this in the sky, 
again, with every inch that we get closer to a fake alien invasion, I just scratch my head and go, God, man, is this real? Like, is this, is this actually going to happen one day? And I'll tell you what, if it does, if it does go down, like all things, it's not going to be how we think. I don't think there's ever going to come a time where, you know, a president comes on a worldwide, you know, television station that's just, you know, just fed throughout the world or throughout the web, right? And says, world, I am your new leader. You know, you, you don't have to do that, really, to have one leader. What you need to have is basically the top, you know, 20 most powerful leaders of planet Earth come together and they decide that they're going to govern, right, the land that they watch over, right? They're going to govern that in accordance with a groupthink, with, with an idea that they could all buy into, right? Basically, the top, the top 20 leaders basically said, okay, let's decide how each area of the earth that we control needs to be led. And they have one guy that's ahead of it all. He's sitting at a table with 19 other dudes, and they, they for whatever reason, they voted him to be the head. You know, you, you don't have to go out to the public and, you know, rip up constitutions or anything like that to have a one-world government. You just need to have the people that run those areas, you know, like I said, the top 20 world leaders, have them come together and come up with a plan that they all want to follow and believe in, in which somebody will be a leader of that group. And then they go govern their country that way, in which all countries now look remarkably similar to each other. Uh, you know, then you have you know these globalist regimes they talk about, right? I just don't think it'll ever be a thing where they're like, "The aliens are coming. I'm your new leader. We're one." Like I, I don't think, I, but you can. There's many ways, you know. To bring a horse to water, you know what I mean? There's many ways of doing it. And, uh, but I am starting to wonder, like, you know, now they're pushing, you know, they're pushing the threat. And now I'm seeing footage of what appears to be a, you know, squadron of some kind, uh, you know, flying through the sky. And there's clearly this massive secret base. You know, out in Trout Lake. It just, there's a lot, right? There's a lot to go, man. Maybe this is, maybe this is really possible, man. I don't know. You know, tell me what you guys think. First of all, tell me what you think of this footage. Because this is mind-blowing stuff, man. Uh, not the footage of them with the fairy orbs. <laughs> the bugs. <laughs> but the other stuff, the, the amazing stuff. And James, like I said, man, I hope I didn't offend you in any way. You're a good dude, man. And thank you for capturing this stuff and putting it up because this other stuff you've caught, you know, I'm not down with the bugs, but this other stuff, this is crazy. I saw it for myself. I've been on that ranch three times, actually. So I want to know what you guys think. Is this the Space Force practicing up there? Is that what's happening? I don't know, man. I don't know. But things are getting weirder and weirder. By the day, you know, every time I think, oh, it's gone too far, it can't go further, it starts going further. Oh, man, wild stuff. 
It's been a long podcast, guys. Thank you guys if you're still hanging with me. Thank you so much. It just I felt awesome to get back and do one for you guys. Uh, like I said, now that the indexing is, uh, I'm through most of it with Harbingers. I'll have some more break times to do some more podcasts. I love doing it for you guys. I love this podcast in general. So uh, I, rest assured, whenever I can do them, I'm going to do them. So um, let me know your thoughts, everyone. I, I really want to know what you think about this footage that James shot. What is that? What is? Do you guys agree with me that this is some kind of some kind of fleet flying around or or squadron or something? Uh, you know, and what do you think in general about all this stuff, man? What do you think about this militarization of the UFO narrative all of a sudden? And now they're super scary and we should all be freaked out. What do you guys think? Why? What's the purpose of that? And why did it jump there so quickly? Why was it tiptoeing through releasing, you know, the three UFO clips, which I still say are some of the worst UFO footage ever released. And, you know, they were tiptoeing around that. But now they're like screaming that, the government has ships. They got to release it. You know, like, what do you guys think of all that stuff, man? Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Intercrowded Room podcast. And I promise you, I will be back very soon with more. All the best. <laughs>